Hey guys, welcome back to another video. It's Clay. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about negotiating within your personal relationships in your life. We all do this sort of subconsciously, weighing our needs versus other people's needs, and it's this balance that we're constantly weighing. It seems like certain people are better at this than other people. Some people put their own needs ahead of other people's too much. Other people put other people's needs too much. And other people seem to find this good balance. So I received a good audio question, actually, that kind of spurred me onto this topic. So let me play that first here. Hi, Clay. I want to ask, how do I become a better negotiator? So I don't just have difficulty negotiating for a car, a job, or, you know, the standard things that you would think people negotiate for. Um, I do have a problem with those as well. But just in everyday life, I feel like life is basically a bit of a game of, you know, balancing your needs with other people's needs. And um, I don't tend to be good at that or feel comfortable with it. And I would like to be. And uh, thank you so much for answering my question. So thank you very much for that question. I've actually got a second question that's somewhat related to this that I'll put later on in the video. But for right now, I'll try to dive into this topic a little bit. It seems like this is more of a nuanced question, which is noticing the fact that there is negotiation within all of our relationships. So whether that's a family relationship, a romantic relationship, a friendship, or even like acquaintance types relationships, there is this subtle negotiation going on at all times. It's, it's balancing your own needs, somebody else's needs, your own wants, their wants. So it seems like the trouble comes in when maybe you don't know how to balance your needs with somebody else's needs, your wants with somebody else's wants. Maybe the appropriateness of that situation, let's say a romantic relationship will probably have a different balance than a friendship or a best friend or an acquaintance, or maybe your mother, or your sister, or maybe just your uncle. All these different relationships of all these different balances. And you might have trouble knowing when to put yourself first, when to put other people first. Or you might struggle to say no when people ask things of you, or ask you to do stuff. Another thing is you might be too agreeable, and you, you probably know it, you're scared to disagree with people, you're scared to assert your own opinions, you're scared to disagree with other people's opinions. Almost like there's an underlying guilt underneath it all, that you're, you're not being a good person or the right kind of person. You might have trouble knowing what you even want. I know lots of people like this. It's almost like they only know how to define themselves in the context of other people. They could just define themselves by their children. They're like, what are you? Oh, I'm a mother. I take care of these two children. But then one day these children grow up and move along and they lose their identity and they don't know who they are. And along with that, it could be other identities that maybe you make your decisions based on. You don't make your decisions based on what you want, maybe because you don't know what you want. Or maybe you do. It's just hard to define it or hard to admit it, what you really want. So instead, you make these decisions based on these various identities. I am a Republican. I am a Christian. I am a husband. I am a wife. I am a, a mother. This is what mothers do. This is what Republicans do. And so you're kind of going through your life doing these things based on what you should be doing. So with all these scenarios, if any of those things are you, it might bleed into your relationships and your ability to negotiate a healthy relationship. 
it's kind of funny with relationships in a way because it's like they're not something that just happen. Healthy relationships just don't fall on your lap. They're set up based on things like boundaries. What are acceptable ways to treat you? What, what is an acceptable way to talk to you? What are the things you like? And sort of two people come along and kind of, you know, click together like a puzzle piece and it seems to work. But sometimes we end up with people for various reasons that maybe aren't as good of a fit. We don't fit together quite well. So now there's some pushback back and forth. Maybe they're asking more of us than we're comfortable to give. Or maybe they're not asking enough. Or maybe we expect things out of them that they're not willing to give. And so although this question was asked in a way of how do I get better at negotiating in my relationships, I have to wonder if anybody who's asking that question might feel like they're giving too much, maybe not getting enough in return. Maybe they feel taken advantage of. People are getting something. Maybe there's this underlying guilt or this feeling of obligation that you have to do something and that you feel like if you don't, there'll be some kind of repercussion from this person, uh, society, culture, the situation in general. And so you kind of feel a little bit trapped between should you do that thing that you are doing but you know that maybe you shouldn't be or you don't really want to or maybe you feel taken advantage of. It seems more like the question really is how do you manage the balance between your own needs and other people's needs? What is a healthy way to look at that? If you only do what you want and disrespect everybody and trample everybody along the way, you're some kind of a narcissist or a psychopath. If you sacrifice yourself unnecessarily, you don't worry about what you want, you don't worry about what you need, and you just help everybody around you achieve their ver best versions of themselves, then you're sort of like a codependent. But codependency, people-pleasing, both these words kind of describe this situation where you sacrifice yourself in an unhealthy way for others. All right, so let's say this is you. You feel like maybe you're on the short end of the stick in most of the negotiations in your life. You feel like maybe people are taking advantage of you. Or maybe it's not even that extreme. It's just you find yourself in situations where you're doing things with people, for people, and, and maybe you don't really uh, want to do it. Like inside of you, you know, ah, you just have this like a little bit of a resentful feeling that maybe you don't want to do this. An unhealthy way to deal with this situation would be to actually blame the other person for you taking on their needs as priority. But the first step to really solving this is to understand that this is your problem to fix. If somebody is taking advantage of you, or let's say they are overstepping your boundaries, that isn't really their fault in most cases. It's actually your fault for not setting up strong enough boundaries, not, in, not having high standards for yourself, not knowing what you want. So when I say the solution, to this problem starts with authenticity, I mean that. It's really nailing down what do you want? What are you doing? Where are you going? What goals are you trying to achieve? And once you know what you want, what you're working towards, it's learning to assert that in a healthy way that's respectful to other people so that they know what you're doing. They know what you want so that you can allow their empathy to give you what you want once in a while instead of just hiding that inside 
All right, so if step one to this problem was recognizing what you want and what you need, identify your wants and needs. Step two would be to assert those to other people. Along with that, it's recognizing that you don't have to do what other people want you to do. That one thing I think is really difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people are sort of slaves to other people's opinions. They're slaves to other people's wants, needs, desires. And you might even already be making excuses in your mind. Well, I have to do what this person says. That's my mom. Or I have to do what she says. She's my wife. It's important to recognize that you always have a choice. And if somebody is asking you to play their game, you can play it or you don't have to. The thing about playing other people's games is they usually make the rules in their games. So we end up in these situations where we're playing these games that maybe we don't want to play. We're playing by rules that maybe we don't like. So rather than play other people's games, we want to get into that place where we are playing our own games. Or maybe we're playing games with people that we actually want to play with. So I have this quote that I've always loved from James Altucher. I think it was one of his books. It might be his book, Choose Yourself, which is a great book for if you're the type of person that is struggling with this. Check it out. Choose Yourself. It says, if you can't walk away from a negotiation, then you aren't negotiating. You're just working out the terms of your slavery. And so ever since I heard this quote, it's stuck with me. It's been in the back of my mind. So the reason why I like that quote is it points out this one simple idea. And that is, if somebody removes your choice, you are no longer negotiating. You're essentially playing their game. I mean, a more extreme way to say that is you are their slave. They're controlling the game. If they're controlling the game and you are stuck inside of it, playing by their rules, it's almost like you are the slave, they are the master. So here is a situation that I've noticed in myself. Typically, I only ask for help when, I'm, when I really need it, when I'm really serious. What I've noticed is that other types of people ask quite easily and quite freely. So here comes along a friend and they ask me something. And because I have this mentality that I only ask for things when it's really serious, when I really need some help, in the back of my mind I'm going, wow, this person really needs some help. I would feel awful to let them down in their time of need. So in the past, I would just say yes and I would do it, right? And then I would end up in these situations where I was just helping, helping, doing all these things for people, doing people's work. I think what I've learned over time is that certain people ask quite freely and easily. And because of that, they don't seem to mind when you do say no. You have to learn that it's okay to say no. If you want to do something, then do it. But if you don't want to do it, I'm, I want to say this really quite clear. If you don't want to do something, you shouldn't do it. Even if that means saying no to a friend when they're asking you something. What happens if you've got a family member that thinks, you, they, they just, they, they love bowling and every single night they're asking you to go bowling. And so then you're just bowling, 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 and you're just hating it more and more and more. It's okay to say, you know what? I don't like bowling. Can we do something else once in a while? Or how about I'll come bowling with you once in a month, but otherwise, why don't you go find somebody else who really loves bowling and we'll save our time for these different types of activities. So let's talk briefly about this other group of people. And these are the toxic people. I think at the like root of these people, they have all their needs. They have all these wants. 
And it's almost like they confuse their wants for needs. So they might want you to do something and then they treat it as a need. And I find another trick that these people use is they use the false dichotomy fallacy. So I did a whole video on logical fallacies, but there's this one called the false dichotomy where somebody will present you with two choices. But the reality is there's more choices than they, they present, right? But it's this, it's this thing that, I, that manipulative people do to make you feel like you're making a choice. It's sort of like, hey, would you like me to punch you in the stomach or punch you in the face, right? And then you're like, oh, I have a choice. I'll take the stomach, please, right? Obviously, that's an that's a awful choice. The, a better choice would be like, I don't want to be punched at all. But you might notice sort of toxic people doing these kinds of things to you. And then along the way, you realize you're doing something that you don't want to do. So again, the key to this is authenticity. Finding out what you want, finding out who you are, asserting what you want, asserting your standards, which are called boundaries, saying, I will do this, I will not do this. If somebody comes along and crosses your boundaries, it is then your job to say, no, or I don't want to do that, or that's crossing my boundaries. But the key with these toxic people is don't let them back you into a corner to accept a bad deal. It is your job to recognize if something is a bad deal and then do something about it. If you are the type of person that is constantly getting sucked into bad deals, then it is your job to beef up your authenticity, become more authentic, and reject those bad deals. So let me just mention a few other red flags. These are maybe people that you don't want to negotiate with. Let's say you make an agreement with somebody or you come to some kind of resolution. After you've come to that agreement, or let's say you've agreed to do something for them or help them in some way, after you've come to some kind of an agreement, they start to subtly change the deal. They, they change the criteria. It, it's called boundary creeping. So the analogy that some people use is like a dog. If a dog comes like barreling into the kitchen, let's say the dog's not allowed in the kitchen. If the dog comes barreling into the kitchen, the dog will be told to get out of the kitchen. But instead, the dog sits right at the doorway. You know, it's not in the kitchen, so it's okay. Okay, you can stay right outside the kitchen door, right? And then, you know, you look a minute later and just the, the tips of the dog's paws are now in the kitchen. And every time you look, it's just subtly closer, more inside until eventually the dog's in the kitchen. It's, it's slowly creeped through that boundary. So what's not a red flag? They use bad reasons for why you should do something. And so there's actually some, some statistics and studies, and you can, you can find out more of this stuff if you actually read all those books on persuasion, which to be honest, I'm a little hesitant about. A lot of times I feel like when people use the word persuasion now, it almost sounds like manipulation to me. Um, so they have all these little persuasion techniques, which to me sound a lot like manipulation techniques. But one such manipulation technique is giving a reason. And even if it's a bad reason, it will trick people into thinking it's still a valid reason. So you got to be really careful for people that have bad reasons. So coming back to the question, how can you get better at negotiating? I think it's really simple. One is knowing your worth. And two is knowing you can walk away. If you can't walk away, and if you don't know your worth, you can't negotiate. 
So I guess the next step would be, how do you build your self-worth? I think it's something you have to practice. In our culture, at least Western culture, there's this sort of religious underpinning to the culture. Um, at least in you know, North America, where, where I live, Canada, United States, it's very Christian. And there is this sort of Christian concept of, you know, put others before yourself. So I want to give an example from a Christian school I visited recently. I walked in the door and there's this huge mural on the wall and it said, we are like a me third school. And then underneath it explained what this me third was. So it said they put God first, others second, me third. And I thought this was a little fascinating because if I looked around at the teachers, the administrators of that place, are they truly putting others before themselves? You know, they're driving a car to school. Um, you know, if they're putting other people first, wouldn't they give that car away to somebody that needs it more than them and take the bus or walk or get a ride? Um, maybe they got excess food in their house. There's lots of people that don't have enough food. Wouldn't they give that away? So here, here's the problem with these things. I think there's these, there's these ideas that culture is built on. In this case, put others before yourself and you shall receive some kind of reward after you die or later in life. But intuitively, we know that this, this doesn't work, right? So it's almost like we're, a lot of us anyway, especially us that were brought up in religious contexts like myself, it's almost like we're living with this cognitive dissonance. It's this subtle guilt of, oh, I should be sacrificing myself for others. But then it's like, no, I can't do that. I, I have to value myself. I have to be authentic. I have to put my needs first. And once my needs are met and satisfied, then I can help other people. I have to wonder if where a lot of these things come from, a lot of this guilt that a lot of us are holding is coming from these cultural or religious ideas. Here's what I think. If you are the type of person that is, has people-pleaser tendencies, it's almost like you have to reject that idea that you know, me third, I think that it's okay to admit I'm gonna put myself first, I'm gonna meet my own needs, and I'm gonna make sure that I'm not meeting other people's needs before my own. It is possible to meet your own needs and then help other people. It's just like on the airplane, they say, put on your own mask before you put on other people's mask. If you start putting on other people's mask, maybe you're gonna pass out before you even get that mask around that other person. If you put your own mask on, now you can help the other person. I think we have to look at all our relationships and all our negotiating like that. You have to watch out for yourself first. This is going to be really hard because people will be like, well, they're my kids. Oh, well, they're my wife. They're my husband. They're my mother. It doesn't matter is what I'm saying. And this is something you have to remember. You don't owe anybody anything except your kids, especially when they're young you do owe them something. I think that you do have a responsibility to raise children in a proper way. But eventually when they're grown up, you don't owe them your sacrifice. If somebody is taking advantage of you, if somebody is not valuing you as much as you're worth, you need to change that. You need to set up proper boundaries or you need to get rid of that person. And I think it's possible. I think it is possible to slowly train people over time to learn to respect you. I know because I've done it. You have to be strong with these people. You have to set up boundaries. 
So anyway, I hope that helps answer that question. Um, I realize I kind of went off on a few different tangents there, but you know, let me know if that helped. So I'm gonna jump into a second question here from Laura that I think sort of goes along with this. So let me just play that now. Afternoon play, um, your video about what to do when the world doesn't make sense kind of resonates with me in my life right now. Um, it would take far too long to explain that, but I have a question about that because you mentioned in the video about the man in the woods who was living by letting, he was the dog that laid down and being dragged by his neck and avoiding the child support and all that. Well, I feel as if there are people who exist, because I believe I'm one of them, that are in that position, but it's not I'm laying down. I'm being kicked with my feet kicked out from under me and then dragged by my neck. And I'm sort of forced to be out into that forest, but in a way that it's happening in society in front of me. Everyone can see it, you know? And I just was wondering if you had any advice for that. like. Um, to kind of address that kind of systemic sort of oppression that society is doing it to certain people that are marginalized. And they're even acting as if it's okay to do in some places, like even with places of authority. And I just wanted to ask, like, what can I do and, and remain authentic to get away from this? If you have any advice. All right. So thanks for that question. This question goes back to a video I did called What to Do When the World Doesn't Make Sense. So the analogy I used in that video, it's actually this idea from Stoicism. And it's basically the dog in the cart. So you've got this cart rolling along and we are the dog. We are tied to this cart with a rope. We kind of have this choice. We can trot along happily beside the cart, act like you know, we are somewhat free within the confines of this rope to do what we want as long as we are trotting next to the cart. Or we can fight the system, lay down in the dirt, and get dragged by this rope. But either way, this cart is going to where it's going. And it kind of represents the things in our lives that are sort of unmovable, the things we can't change. And, you know, sometimes people end up in these lifelong fights against something that maybe they can't change. I think the trick with it though is that sometimes we get attached to things that we think is a cart, something that we think we can't change, but maybe we have more power to change it. So Laura here is sort of adding to this analogy and she feels like maybe she doesn't have the option to even trot along next to the cart. She's being kicked down, uh, tripped, and dragged anyway, sort of like this a systematic oppression. And at the end there, she asked, what can I do to remain authentic? I have to wonder if a lot of these issues that exist surrounding this topic are related to people seeking status, seeking a certain type of status from a group, from society, from culture, and they're not getting it. So then they end up kicked down. So what do I mean by that? We have all kinds of things in our world that require permission to do. Sort of like these gatekeeper type things. Like let's say you want to be a doctor. You have to go to medical school. So you kind of have to do whatever this you know, body of medical doctors decides you have to do. You can't just go be a doctor. You can't go be a lawyer. You can't go be an engineer. And although I guarantee it would be possible if they put some online training on the internet for 
being a doctor, you, there's, I, I don't really see a reason why you couldn't work through that and learn everything that a doctor would know. But the point is you could never work as a doctor because you, you've never met this gatekeeper's criteria and they haven't like, you know, gifted you with the license. So let's call that a status game. There's all kinds of status games in our culture. It's like ways to fit in and rise to the top. Uh, you're considered cool in some way or you're considered acceptable in some way. Beauty standards would be one example. You know, if you want to play that game of societal beauty standards, you, you don't really have a choice but to follow their rules on how to be beautiful. If you go and create your own game, then maybe those rules don't really apply to you, but you are going to miss out on the status of that particular group. So going back to the question here, Laura says that she feels like she is being kicked down. She's not being allowed to participate in whatever this game is. I have to wonder if that's because you're trying to play a status game by different rules. These people have set up a bunch of rules for the game and you're trying to change the rules in their own game. How can you find authenticity in this situation? So to me, the secret to this problem is to participate in permissionless activities, to play permissionless games. So what do I mean by that? Instead of trying to become a doctor to make money and now I have to go get a degree, I have to get into med school, which is hard, I have to do all these things that they want me to do. And then once I am a doctor, it's almost like I have to keep playing that game, otherwise I'll be demoted. Or like if you're a lawyer that doesn't follow the rules, you know, they, they whatever that's called, they take you out of the bar, you're, anyway, you're basically fired and you can't practice law, even though you still have the knowledge of a lawyer. As an example, I have created this online business and I have made pretty good money on that. Basically, the way I look at that business is it's sort of a permissionless business. I have done that with nobody's permission and it makes money. So it's just an example. Um, I think that we all have things that we can do that require permission and we have other things that we can do that are permissionless. And I think sometimes the problem is, is that we want status. We want the status within a certain group. You run over there, you're the dog, you hook yourself onto the cart, and now you're trying to happily trot along next to it, but you're being cut down at the same time. And they're saying, you're not good enough, you're not like us, you're not meeting the criteria, C cutting your legs from underneath you, and now you're getting dragged behind the cart. And so I think it's easy to look at that and say, you know, what am I supposed to do? I can't stand up. They're cutting me down. I would look at that and go, you gotta think outside the box. You gotta disconnect yourself from that particular cart because that cart isn't the cart I'm talking about. Find things that are permissionless and steer clear of status games. The thing is, if you care a lot about the status games, then you will be ruled by it. But in order to do that, you have to realize your own value first. You have to know what you want. If you just sort of float along in this sea of culture and society and status, and then you do things that are outside the norm, you will be beat down. But if you are observant and smart, you can see the loopholes in those games and you can find the things that you don't need permission to do. And you just go do them, regardless of what anybody else says. Anyway, guys, thanks for checking out today's video. If you have a question of, of your own, feel free to go to my website, leave me a question. There's a link below.
The other thing is, if you've left a question and I haven't answered it, if I haven't put it in a video, don't get down on yourself. There's all kinds of good questions that end up in there and I feel a little guilty because there's lots of good questions that I just haven't been able to get to. Um, I get more questions than I'm able to actually put in videos. Maybe at some point I'll be able to make these videos at a higher frequency, I hope to. Right now I'm hitting like one a week uh, at the best of times. Sometimes I miss that and I'm like one every two weeks. So hopefully eventually one day I can up the frequency a bit and answer all the questions. But if you sent a question in and I haven't answered it, don't get distraught. It doesn't mean I hate your question. Maybe try again at a different day. Anyways, guys, thanks for checking out the video and I hope you have a great rest of day. Bye.